Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now often we sort of talk on the show about our comfort zones and courage, but I have to say that today's guest mentor, Jennifer Lozato, shows great courage when she details the story behind the sudden loss of her late husband. And we actually go through how we can draw on that experience, similarly to how we're dealing with our new normal, where perhaps our worlds have been sometimes uh, turned upside down. And we deconstruct why it's important to maintain the connections with others, take charge of our finances, and also get back on our feet very quickly. Jennifer goes into some really great stories about how uh, supporting those around us during these difficult times deepens our relationship with them, whether it be in commerce or our personal relationships. And uh, Jennifer's also very unique in that she's the first uh, person we've had on the show who founded their own investment advisory firm. Uh, so we also delve into how you can become a certified financial planner or chartered financial analyst for those curious about what that path looks like. And finally, I've, I thought we had a very interesting discussion about why perhaps sometimes people are adverse to asking for help. And Jennifer also wrote a book as well that gives some very good advice on how to leave a very good legacy for people around us. And I encourage you to really pay attention to Jennifer's parting thoughts on this because I have to say myself, it's something I often overlooked as well. So look, really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can find ways to connect with Jennifer, review the detailed timestamp show notes, key resources and quotes, and much more at sitnshow.com. And we really appreciate you tuning in with us today. So now that's enough for me. So without further ado, of to Jennifer and the show. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Likewise, I am too. And and like I know we had the conversation previously, but uh, some of our audience may be not as familiar with your uh, career journey. So would you mind maybe sharing a bit with our audience about what it is you do and how do you get to where you are? Yes. Currently, I own a fee-only investment advisory firm. So we manage people's money and, and do financial planning for them and really kind of bring that whole financial picture into play for them. But I started out as a kind of runner bond trader on a bond trading a long time ago. <laughs> but I worked my way from there to being a portfolio manager and managing, I managed a mutual fund file and client accounts at a bank. When after a series of bank mergers, which happened quite a pair, um, they closed our whole department. And so suddenly I was at, at without a job and it was in a time of contraction in the economy. And I decided that I was going to try to run my own firm, which I had oh. no experience with. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a while to figure out the regulations around it all and pieces because I'd never done the financial planning part before. So mm. I had to learn that. But it's just been so much fun and learning to figure out how to do all that. And to build this, it's really fun just to have so many different people and all the relationships that you develop. It's been great. That's, I suppose, an interesting interesting way to, to fall into a career, I suppose. You know, it's just, 
<laughs> you know, and I, I, I suppose where, where, you know, like I know, I know you sort of made it sound easy, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm glad it worked out well. But for someone, I mean, uh, you know, l- looking to get into that sort of financial planning sort mm-hmm. of things, which is a very important function. I mean, mm-hmm. where, where would you typically look to start to get into it? When, where would you start start to get into it? It's a really in an odd way, a tough field to get into unless you want to be more on the commission sales side of the business. So that's a, in the U.S., it's a huge, that's the much larger side of that financial advisory world. And those jobs are actually quite easy to get income, not simple, but it's easier than to get on the fee only side where we're paid by our clients, not commissions. And so it's hard and it's sometimes you have to start in the commission side and learn some things because there are just fewer jobs on the family side. But really you would start with some sort of background, which of course I did not. I was a psychology major. So, you know, go figure. (laughs) I just sort of fell into it. I actually just got a job at a brokerage firm because I'd had a summer job there and they hired me as soon as I graduated from college. So um, so yes, some sort of financial background would be a better thing than what than the way I did it. But and then to start to pursue some of those designations, if on the planning side, being a certified financial planner is would be a thing to do. And it's a it's a series of courses and a big exam at the end, and that gives one the the training to be a planner to some degree. And there's no job you can really be trained for until you get yes. on the job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. gives you the background. Well, yeah, no, it, I, I, I'm glad you did it because I like um, when I was sort of left school, I was sort of looking at what career people say you should become an accountant and stuff like that, which I, mm-hmm. I ultimately did. But before I did, I was actually looking to become a, a certified financial planner. Really? So I was actually, yeah, I was, but I never, never jumped into it. And then, and then when I suppose I was reading reading your book, obviously I was curious to understand more about the financial planning aspects and the inheritance planning and all that. But <laughs> what um, what struck me was before I even got to any of that was was your story. And I hope you don't mind, but maybe, maybe I really appreciate if you could share your story that you started your book with with our with our audience. Yeah, so I'm happy to share that story. Several years ago, my husband was diagnosed with leukemia, and he actually fought it for two years. We thought he was cured. He'd had a bone marrow transplant, and we'd gone through all chemotherapy and transplant, and we thought he was fine because all his tests were fine for a while, and we sort of moved on with life a bit, bought a house, and we're renovating it, so we were going to move. And, and then almost two years to the day that he was diagnosed with leukemia, the first time he was diagnosed a second time. And that when it came back the second time, it was with a vengeance, which totally caught us off guard. We didn't know. Really, I still was pretty naive as to what was happening. And so it, you know, got him back in treatment. And he just, one day I came home from, I was calling him from work, like, can I bring you a sandwich or something? And he didn't answer the phone. I'm like, huh, this is weird. And then I came home just to check on him and he was in bed. I'm like, are you okay? And he said, I just need to sleep. I'm like, okay. And then he just started the night during the night, things got worse. And so I called the uh, ambulance and this isn't all in the book, but um, the ambulance and he refused to go to the hospital. <laughs> I wanted to kill him right then, you know, I was like, go to the hospital. <laughs> eventually I got him there the next morning. What I didn't realize at the time was he was actually dying and he must have gotten an infection in his system. And he just, by that afternoon, he had died. 
And it was very shocking because there's lots of decisions that have to go around that. His um, heart kept stopping. And I had to tell my nine-year-old daughter, and who, of course, was also not expecting that to happen. And so it was just a very sudden, that happened six weeks after his second diagnosis. So we were thrown into this chaos that was multifaceted, of course, but it was just so unexpected. In some ways, that was probably good that we didn't spend six weeks knowing it was going to happen. So there was a lot to take care of after that was all done, especially in trying to keep some sort of normal for my daughter. It was a, an experience that I wasn't expecting, and it was really traumatic to be there for that, but I'm glad I was. And then there was a lot of follow-up from that, as you can imagine, which I'm sure we'll talk about too. And look, um, I, that's what uh, I'd love to get to. But before we do, I, I just want to sort of say, Jennifer, I think you're very courageous for sharing your story in the way yeah. you did uh, and honoring your husband's memory that way. Um, I would hate to have been in your position, but I think you sharing it, some of our audience might relate to similar losses they've gone through, um, but also for those that, that are going through similar or, or, you know, I think it's one of those certainties we will encounter is, is losing a loved one probably at some point. And... Um, Thanks for, for, for sharing. Yes, I'm happy to. I think it's good for us to share our stories with each other because everyone, it might not be the same, but we all have pain points that have affected our lives greatly. Completely. And I suppose, um, and I know I was sort of joking with you off air about it, but when you sort of said that, that you, you know, find some sort of normal for your daughter, mm-hmm. I think you actually said it in your book, you used the expression, the new normal. And how yes. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are going through our new normals at the moment. With this, Seriously, uh, COVID-19, yes. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so, so you've, you, you've already had some experience of, of, of a new normal, you know, having to contend with your normal. And I, I know our audience have as well, but, you know, when it comes to that new normal, Sort of what sort of things could we do to try and make our best attempt at, at, at journeying through that? Well, I think that one of the most valuable things we did is we maintained our connections with everyone. And sometimes that was really difficult. I'm the kind of person I need to kind of be alone to think and process things emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to do because we have so many dear people that wanted to help and bring food and drop by. And, and I... And I forgot to mention, we moved a month after this happened because the house we were renovating was ready. <laughs> was like, and that almost killed me. But anyway, <laughs> so that's going on. And all these just lovely people are jumping in. Uh, I came the day I moved into this house, I, I drove up the hill and a friend was mowing the lawn they'd borrowed from a neighbor. You know, it was just amazing stuff. And just to embrace that, that kind of love and companionship because it can be very easy to cut yourself off for a while. So I would be intentional about having a little bit of alone time at night. But so that was just really helpful. It was also helpful that I was the person already in charge of finances at my house. So I already knew the big picture and didn't have to jump into that. But there are lots of people who are not and are not at all interested in the finances of their household. And um, I would definitely encourage to at least have some knowledge there because if I'd had to take over that with very little experience or knowledge, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I was just trying to keep my head above water with all that at the moment. But so it was my daughter and I just kept going after about a month. We took about a month and then we got back into our normal activities. And it's so awkward at first because people don't know what to say. And it's more awkward for them than it was for me. And you just kind of let them bumble their way through it. And as you know, their heart's in a good place. And so we jumped back in very quickly. I thought it was 
I mean, I, I know you've had to go, you had to go to a, a difficult circumstance, but, but that advice is, is so prevalent even now. I think that's a key mm-hmm. one is not to, to lose connections with others. Yes. And and the willingness um, of people to step in and help and want to help in difficult times. That's that's very important as well. I think that, that aspect of community and people coming together. Definitely. It deepens your relationships with people. It, it's so funny. We're all right. wired, or I am, most of us, I think, not to want to ask for help, but we love oh, to God, give yeah. help. <laughs> it's, but the, but it's, so, it's so true. I look, I, this, this podcast, yeah. right? It's so much easier. Yeah. If I was to ask for, for help to try to understand this uh, this, this area, you know, in terms of financial planning and, and the career yeah. involved or whatever, I find it hard to ask for help for myself, but I'm asking for it on behalf of someone else. Yes. So much easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, and another thing that doesn't help is when you're in charge of the financials as well is you always have to be right you need to know where everything is and and make sure all the you know the i think balances and mm-hmm. it's just like you know what life sometimes isn't meant to be completely balanced <laughs> you know right. sometimes the numbers don't always add up um, right. that's just life but but you know what it's like it's maybe we just set too much of an expectation on ourselves have, have you ever figured out Jennifer, like why some of us are just so averse to asking for help? Psychology degree here. <laughs> I know. I was never doing that. Did you see how I was moved into I should have said that. More pressure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I, you know, I think especially we're just wired, I, I think, to not show weakness. You know, that's part of our, yeah. I could think, survival thing. And somehow we've made that equivalent to being weak. Just a theory. I've got no, I've got no study behind that, although there probably are some. And it's, it's so weird how much we love to help people and yet don't want to ask for it. But I think that's a lot of it. We don't want to be a burden to other people. We don't want to put them out. And yet people are begging to help each other. So I think that in this scenario here with this COVID thing, it's a good thing to remember that there's nothing wrong with asking for help, even if it's just somebody dropping a loaf of bread at your front door. Or It's good. It makes people feel good and connected. And connection is yeah. what it's all about. And it is so hard to stay connected in this environment. And the phone and Zoom calls are WebEx and all that are a good substitute, but it'll be really nice to be face to face with people again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I think I think yeah, I was just sharing that uh, similar thoughts with uh, some other folks earlier today. So that was, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think a lot of us are at that stage. Yes, um, but it is it is an interesting observation. I think we were talking about it previously as well about some of us will, if we take our pets to the vet, and mm-hmm. they prescribe you know, prescription drugs or tell us you need to do this with your pet or that with your pet, you need to keep them in or you need to monitor them or whatever, we'll do it. Whereas if we get told that stuff ourselves, we should do this ourselves and we need to take these drugs or or rest up or whatever. Um, how many of us actually follow that advice, but we'll make sure that if the advice is for someone else, we'll go and make sure that it gets done. So yeah. it's just, it's just. I never quite figured that one out. We seems like we, we, we love our pets more than we love ourselves. Sometimes I don't know. Yeah, um, we consider know. ourselves less worthy of our own care. Less I don't worthy. know, but it's it's so true. It's a great analogy. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just, I just, it drops an interesting observation. But you know, that's why uh, my 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 strength probably more in finance than uh, than psychology. So uh, I was I was making use <laughs> the fact that you had more knowledge on the subject than me to. to it's been a few years since actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, but appreciate appreciate you answering a difficult question. But um, but anyway, yeah, because I still haven't found the answers uh, yet on it. But um, 
But no, I, I suppose in terms of your current work, though, uh, though Jennifer, I mean, what, what's exciting you most about your current work? What I love, and this has been for a long time, but it's really become more clear in recent months, is that the connection I have with my clients and that I know I can really add some comfort to them. And what I mean by that is, you know, we do all this financial planning and sometimes people's eyes glaze over at all the data you know, all that. So we try to keep it high level. But when people get money is a scary thing for people, especially if they're scared and they're going to run out of money, right? And or they're so when you can give them that framework for well, if you're headed in this direction, that's what's going to happen. And what we've spent a lot of time doing the last couple of months is updating financial plans and saying nothing's changed. We know these things are going to happen in the markets where they're going to go off a cliff for a while. But it didn't change what your financial plan looked like because we planned for it, basically. Mm. And it's such a relief for them to go, you mean I don't have to cut back my standard of living right now? I'm like, nope, we've accounted for that. And it's really nice to give people that peace. And it's not us giving it per se. We're just delivering the message. But have those tools in place and the relationships in place where we can talk about that. It's been it's been great. I've had I've called every single client, um, which has been extremely time consuming and very very satisfying and lovely to just chat and see how they are and just know they're healthy and it's been good. Yeah, I think there's um there's some key messages in there as well about um, keeping the communication up with each other. And also, I think we've all gone through some, whether we're working in large, large corporates or with smaller traders or individuals, you know, like we've all got some very good training that we've developed through the years. And as much as things are a bit complex at the moment, the steps we need to take are simple. Problems complex, steps are simple. And every step should, I imagine, be helping people find a bit more peace of mind. And that's that's worth a lot to people. But I don't know about you, Jennifer, but I just feel that um, whilst we're trying to figure our ways through all of this, there's some people probably quite stressed out about the current situation, uh, probably because they haven't asked for help and um, yes. or reached out to <laughs> others. Um, so I think people's mental health could be a bit of an interesting, uh, challenging uh, context at the moment they might find themselves in. So I suppose, yeah, like I think I think that's a good gift we can give to people with our training is, is just helping them find a bit of peace of mind mm-hmm. and taking a big worry off their shoulders. I guess that must be oh, that's quite a quite a good thing for us, to do, I guess. Yes, it's it's nice to be able to deliver that message. And it is a hard time emotionally with being distant and the markets falling apart and the economies are in trouble. And there's a lot of external stressors at the moment. And so. Yeah, any kind of piece or, or anything they can hold on to that can help them feel better, I think is great. Based on reality, of course. But <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I think there's no better profession to bring people back to reality than finance. True. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're well trained to that. So I know, appreciate that. And um, I suppose, look, Jennifer, you've given us great advice uh, on the show so far. I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? One that I really didn't learn to live till later in life, which is to be a bit bolder. I was very shy when I was younger and really wasn't very self-confident. And I wish that I had been more strong and willing to advocate for myself professionally. And so I got the advice, but I didn't really learn to live it until I got older. And I think that's pretty normal, right? We learn that's bad experiences don't kill us and that we begin to learn that, oh, I can do that. And it's just a life 
a, a journey of life. And but I just couldn't have really embraced it until I was a little bit older. But I wish that I had. I say that you know I wish I'd been there. But we all have our own journey, and things unfold in a certain way for. And so, um, and it's been good. Lots of trials along the way, but we all have to learn our life lessons at our own pace, I guess. I think that's it, and uh, we've all got different speeds and different stages. But you know, I think I think to your point is, uh, it's, it's, similarly now myself, I, I probably should have spoke up a bit sooner, you know, and um, maybe maybe invested more time understanding what my strengths really were. Mm-hmm. Uh, pursued those sooner but I'm not going to say that I regret any any mm-hmm. of the the windy paths I might have taken but it definitely wasn't linear <laughs> you know <laughs> right there with you <laughs> so, yeah, exactly again another misconception in planning right the world does not operate in a linear fashion <laughs> it's cycles windy twisty but definitely not linear yeah, so so, uh, right. so yeah so so appreciate you sharing that great advice and um I suppose in terms of our resources, our audience could uh, go check out. Obviously, you know, I, I learned learned uh, about you and got to know you through your book, mm-hmm. Inheriting Chaos with Compassion. So I recommend our audience check that out. But would there be any other resources or books you might recommend our audience go check out? Well, there, from a, a business perspective, I think that the two that I've loved the most are Good to Great by Jim Collins about organizational health. I'm sure you've probably had many people mention that one. The other one is by Patrick Lencioni. It's the five dysfunctions of a team. And it brings the psychology element into it too, which of course appeals to me. About It was just so eye-opening to put names on some behaviors you see for people and how to bust out of it. And part of that is what made reading that book was part of what made me more confident to speak up and um, I'm someone who hates confrontation. So, you know, instead of saying, well, I don't know, I think we should be doing this, I would tend to be silent more. And I was like, that's just bad for everyone. If you cannot engage in a positive conversation for change, or even sometimes it's not very pleasant at the time, but address problems head on instead of letting them fester. So I loved that book. It was great. So so there's another book by, sorry, I know you only asked me for one, but I was thinking oh, about that. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I actually know those two so far, so I think they're great recommendations. I'm curious to see if I know the next one or okay. I need to read it. So, Yes. Um, it's a book by the Heath Brothers, and it's called Switch. Have you heard of that one? I've and, heard of it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, it's really good. One. And it talks about our kind of emotional selves, motivation, and our kind of logical side. And it's just really good. It, it helped me realize why we're motivated differently and, and how really our emotional selves have so much more power than our logical selves. <laughs> and it helps me to think about with that with clients when their emotions take over. And he, they use the analogy of the elephant and the rider. And the rider is the, the logical self that's sort of in control because they're riding the elephant. The elephant's so much bigger and powerful, and that's the emotional self. And if the elephant wants to charge ahead, it will. (laughs) (laughs) So, yep, that was a great book, too. It was was helpful for remembering that we all are motivated differently. Sometimes we have more control over elephants than others, and sometimes, you know, the elephants were just taken over our decision-making. So it was good. I I never heard... um... 
the difference between the emotional and the rational side to describe it in such a way, Jennifer. That's it's <laughs> very interesting. I just wish yeah. when you know next time my my elephant wants to run away, if if I take a deep breath and count to three, it might yeah, <laughs> it might yeah. stop it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elephants are quite big and scary, much they more powerful are. than us. Uh, so yeah, yeah just, yes. Uh, no, no. <laughs> so I like the that. little person sitting on top of them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I definitely would yeah. recommend that book. And also I appreciate those recommendations and I'll put all those those resources mentioned into the show notes to make sure that uh, they'll get in there. And I suppose, look, Jennifer, if some of our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at? Well, our, our website, if they want to just find out more about us, is summitfinancialpartnersrva.com. RVA is for Richmond, Virginia, where, um, where we're located. And my email address is jennifer at summitrva.com. And so those are the, the best ways to find me for sure. I'll get those links in there as well, Jennifer. And... Uh, Look, really appreciate you sharing such a great story uh, in terms of uh, how you got into your current, I'm sorry about the, the situation you ended up in your current profession, but really appreciate you sharing how we could get into ourselves and also your own personal story. Would you perhaps have any maybe parting thoughts for our audience as we wrap up? Yes, I mean, one thing I've uh, really come to appreciate, and there's an actual second part of that story when my sister died suddenly about a year and a half after my husband did. And this really came home more with dealing with my sister's stuff as her executor and her, her husband's power of attorney, who was in a dementia state when she died, unbeknownst to anyone, is really what a gift it can be if we get somewhat organized around our finances. And what I mean by that is sometimes it could be just throwing statements in a box, some sort of central location, but it, what happened with it was very chaotic after my sister died because I couldn't find anything. I didn't know what their bills were. I didn't where, know where their bank accounts were. And there was, it was just, I had to wade through mail and piles and piles of paper. And it was just awful. And so I think that chaos that can be um, managed a little bit for your heirs and the people who love you, that might not just be a death, but a disability or something, is to have some level of organization around your important papers. And um, you know, I woke up one night going, what if she gets half of her bills through the email and I don't know her email password? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, That's to really point. give some, as it just was highly stressful to work through all of that and it took it took a, a year to figure it all out and so that could have been so much easier if there had just been some sort of organization even if it wasn't perfect my papers aren't perfect and i'm and i'm here i'm preaching it here right but they're close, <laughs> they're close yeah. I, I, think, I, I think yeah i think there's a lot of people listening thinking okay i don't think i could get them completely right but they could definitely get it closer you know <laughs> definitely get it closer yeah so i think that's yes. a good aim for us because uh, it's a it's a it's a better way to leave a legacy than uh, than to not have it in place. It is. There's so much other grief and chaos around it, and that's something that has to be taken care of. It's imperative, and if you can at least relieve some of that pressure, people are a little more free to to deal with their grief and the people around them that are grieving. And so, it really, it's just a gift to other people, even though it seems like just a chore. Because it is a chore, but it does have a higher purpose than just neat little files, you know, really is a, a gift. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, really appreciate you coming on the show today and investing your time, strength in the numbers. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was, I really enjoyed our talk. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. 
if you'd like to know more about our guest today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.